NHL Fantasy. Hey, what's up, Shelfies? We're coming at you live with Deeks in the studio. Derek, guest star of the evening. We also got Scott and Craig and myself, Corey. This is uh, Top Shelf Podcast 198. We're closing in on 200, boys. I know, it's fucking crazy. I'm like, I'm, I'm not all special. convinced that this is Podcast 198, but we will go with it. It could be 199. I, I remember there was a it little bit of a debacle. <laughs> or 197. <laughs> It could be a, any number of numbers, really. But uh, today's May 12th. We're coming at you. We got the first of many uh, rookie mock drafts tonight. Um, what else we got? We got some news for you and then taking a look at some of the remaining free agents. So we'll get into that. But as always, listen to us on our website, topshelffantasy.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at topshelffntsy. Let's get into it. Give me the beat, boys. You don't want to talk about the very first thing that impacts you the most? I would love to. Thank you for leading me into that. I just didn't <laughs> want to talk unchecked for an hour straight. No, but, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Mike Davis decides to sign with the Ravens after a pretty quick turnaround after getting cut by the Falcons. Uh, the Ravens consequently uh, let Tyson Williams walk. So really looking like Mike Davis might have a clear path to some early season reps. I know J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are still expected to be on the PUP to enter the season. So or at least enter camp, I should say. I don't know about if they've given any indication for the season. So, real interesting. Mike Davis goes from pretty much having no value in Atlanta based on last season to having absolutely no value as a free agent to now having like a glimmer of hope. And I'm kind of stoked and I'm going to talk myself into it for the remaining you know months as we lead up to the season. Now, is he on your team or is he a, a hometown? He is on or... my team. <laughs> oh, 25 beautiful. bucks. I, I, signed him, I sent him to two for 25 last year. I'm not that upset about the contract. Oh, but One more year. I, was yeah, like, I mean, you're not saving that much money by cutting them. Right. And I offered no. him to Carbs, actually, trying to trade him, as I do. But that was before the news he even signed in uh, Baltimore. And then I obviously hit him up again once he did sign. And uh, I was like, dude, I mean, he's going to be the, the starter like week one or two. Obviously, you guys are on the pup. They suck. And he was like, just didn't even bite. I was like, okay, well. I guess we're in trouble here because if I don't even have the guy with both of his other handcuffs with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards taking a bite out of Mike Davis, I don't know who's going to buy buy in on him. And I offered to eat like I think I said all of his salary. I don't even remember, but I was trying to get his one twelve or something like that. So yeah, I can understand that, his hesitancy. That won't happen. I mean, I think I think it's more. I mean, I know Dobbins has hope of starting week one. It's more. In- Gus Edwards, I, I I think he's still far behind. Um, and I mean, this is a team who wanted to sign Melvin Gordon last month too. So you kind of know that there's, they know it. At, at least Gus is not going to be ready to start Week One. And like you said, Davis yeah. was cut six days ago and signed two days after that. Not even like not not off of waivers, which is fine. It's Mike Davis. I don't think team was would waste a waiver on them but it just shows that Ravens like yeah we want a running back I think I think one thing with this signing and coming off the draft too is the Ravens had 10 picks and didn't really go after a running back in the draft so long-term value for dynasty for J.K. Dobbins looks good but short-term you got to be worried oh 100 percent. and I mean you would assume Mike Davis has at least an early season backup role to whoever it, whether it's jk dobbins as they ease him in or, or somebody else there he's certainly an ancillary piece but 
I don't know what he holds for season long value. If you are a dynasty owner, like I am, I think you're, I think your move right now is still to shop Mike Davis, as opposed to hold on to him and think that he's going to be a viable flex play <laughs> in any capacity, especially if you're in a super deep dynasty league, like if he gives me eight points a week in our league with the way our 14 team, 14 very team deep league. roster yeah. set up, I can live there. But if you're in anything less than that, if you're in a 12-team league and you don't have that deep of a bench, uh, if you're in any type of redraft league with keepers, he's obviously not even on your radar. Mm. Uh, I just want to make sure I'm being very clear. Mike Davis is not your savior. He's not giving you the CMC injury season that he gave you two years back. So um, I'm going to keep bashing him like that and then hope that I put that negativity <laughs> out in the atmosphere and then he proves me wrong. But uh, You never know. Week one, he might have the whole whole thing so listen i said austin eckler was the bust of the year last year and he came out and he stepped it up after he heard my <laughs> remarks so. you feel that so bad felt attacked. <laughs> felt attacked uh we'll couple the next two because i feel like they don't deserve their own line um <laughs> keelan cole signs with the raiders and Devonte pettis signs with the bears yeah i mean Dante pettis has just kicked around the entire league like at this point this he's, is only he's, his fifth his fifth year or Fourth, fifth year, fifteen. I think it's fourth or fifth year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's probably going to get hurt in training camp again, so um, no big deal there. And Keelan Cole I mean, is just a depth piece. There's no wide receivers that are good outside of Mooney for for the Bears. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Which like Justin Fields has to be sitting there. Like, do you guys want me to succeed or no? Because you haven't given me anything to do it with. Right? Oh, they're they're the worst team in the league. Cole, Cole Komet, big big tight end sleeper. Oh Way yeah, late mm-hmm. in the draft. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We'll see him catch heat coming into the draft, I bet, just because they didn't add any pass catchers there. I would agree. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, another news. Well, this is another Corey Dow's dynasty player. Sony yeah, Michelle signs, <laughs> signs with the Dolphins. This is a big you guys Corey Dow's... to construct my construct my roster <laughs> in your head and imagine what type of mediocrity I'm toiling in. Um, yeah, Sony Michelle with the Dolphins. What do you do? He's probably third string there to start the season maybe deeper depending on how you view malcolm brown he can be um, cut handed too yeah he's not on a significant deal from what i've seen actually i don't even know if i've seen the money come out but i'm just assuming it's not significant but you have chase edmonds there who's above him raheem moster who's above him raheem moster will be hurt so just erase him and then it's like malcolm brown sony michelle and whoever else is hanging on they miles gaskin. Yeah, gaskin. gaskin salvin ahmed salvin ahmed too yeah, <laughs> yeah. so then- yeah, the, new trend in the, the new trend in the NFL is just hold seven running backs going into yeah. training camp and figure That's it out. That's the McCarthy. Well, <laughs> this is the same guy from San Francisco. Right. Yeah, Mike McDaniel loves, his, loves yeah. his RBs. But either way, you can almost anticipate a couple injuries to running backs at this point, the way the, the league's going. So Sony maybe has, a, a I don't know, a small role, and maybe it grows based on injury, but he's not somebody that you should be going after or paying $17 of your $300 budget to. Is that what you paid for you? I paid him $17 (laughs) while I forgot that I still had James White on my roster. (laughs) I think one of the trends that we'll see in the NFL too is with running back contracts values going way down, teams will have more running backs on their rosters going forward. They can dedicate more roster spots for less dollars on their their teams. And I think it's just going to be like this going forward as as long as the college keeps churning out running backs that are NFL ready like they have been. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. I didn't think of that. Like if you budgeted 10 million for your running backs, that used to be There's two guys five there. Now it's <laughs> five to ten guys. Right. And, and honestly, most of them can play special teams pretty swiftly. I mean, yep. right. they're fast, can block, 
can pretty much tackle if you're a running back because you're getting tackled the whole time. So, yep. Oh, yeah. I'd love to have a special teams unit filled with running backs. Just go on, go on, guys, get them. That's what the Patriots tried to do. Yeah. <laughs> see, uh, let's see. Tom, what's that? Tom Brady agrees. Yeah. The, the, was it really 10 years, $375 million with Fox Sports? Wow. Yeah. And the memes the coming years, out about that yeah. are electric. They're like, it's, it's all the years that the Patriots fucked him over with the contract. He's finally getting it. <laughs> And and realistically, I do think that is a legitimate thing. Like Kraft was like, "Hey, we'll hook you up after at the end of the day. You wanna you wanna do broadcasting? We'll get you in." I kind of always assumed he'd be like a special assistant with the Patriots or, or some stupid baloney <laughs> title like that. But I mean, if he wants to broadcast, go for it. I love Tony Romo, so if Brady can follow in that XQB vein. Hopefully, he can do well. Uh, the weird thing is that I was talking about this with uh, some of my other buddies, like. Most people hate Tom Brady, I think, across the country. Like, he's not well-liked. Tony Romo is pretty well-liked. So, it'll be interesting to see the reception he gets in the broadcast booth. How funny would it be if he's terrible? Like, well, just not all the articulate. <laughs> yeah, how much well, of that 375 is guaranteed? <laughs> you you want to see Tom Brady, like, on television, go back and watch his SNL performance because it's pretty atrocious. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to get. <laughs> and then watch Peyton's and it's fucking fire. that's the that's the greatest thing is somehow peyton doesn't have one of these gigs yeah which is crazy because he He has the uh the manning cast he made his own yeah that's which which was good i mean i i i enjoyed it every monday night here i know but i I would have watched i would have thought he would never looked it on same same. yep but he could do it from home and stuff like i think that peyton was negotiating a lot of things into that that allowed him to do it i don't think yeah. he would have been able like i don't think he wants to travel and that, brady apparently doesn't really want to spend time with his kids so <laughs> yeah bullshit oh yeah not, not so the running <laughs> i saw that first meme i saw was like oh yeah 10 years 375 fuck them kids yeah, yeah. <laughs> the kids don't want he to retired do to be part of his family so i'm gonna come back for two two more years and then i'm gonna be gone for the next 10 more years at a retire because yeah. I like, love money and football well, too much. The thing was, he, he, on like numbers of diapers, Giselle asked him to change before he decided to play football again. Like, no, dude, <laughs> his kids, his kids are like all in high school now. He's, yeah. He played that long and his kids yeah. are that old. He ruined that stage where I, I want to be a dad. Like, dude, yeah, they're high. Like, you, they're gone. It's done. They're assholes now. <laughs> they don't want to talk to you. He walked into his kid's room and he was listening to like Lincoln Park and he's like, yo, this kid sucks. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about Lincoln Park and Bloges. So the uh, the NFL schedule was released today. We'll probably a podcast next week on like, you know, bigger matchups. But Craig put this in here. Craig can take this. The um, yeah, just the first two two apocalypse. uh, Yes, there's the, the, the two highlights that will piss you off is knowing that there are two bipocalypse and one of them happens the week before fantasy football playoffs, which is week 14, where you'll have the Colts off, no Jonathan Taylor, no Matt Ryan, no Michael Pittman. Then you got the Packers, no no Rodgers or Jones, the Bears, no Montgomery, Falcons, no Pitts or London, Saints, no Kamara, MT if he plays. I don't know, by week 14, I'm sure he's going to spout off. <laughs> and then uh, then the Commanders. So, no Terry. Uh, it is a rough week, week 14. Yeah, it's, that is brutal. Like, guys that likely bring you to week 14 and have you in position to play, you know, for a playoff spot or whatever, will not be there for you. So, RIP. 
And then week nine, if you had a good running back, you're not going to get to play them that week because <laughs> the Browns, they're two running backs. The Cowboys, Zeke, Broncos with uh, Williams, the Giants with Saquon, Steelers with Najee, 49ers with Mitchell. Like, there's, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't figure it out. Also, that's probably around the time that there's the trade deadline. So if you wanted to figure out what you're going to do week 14, you're also going to have to piggy off the back, piggy off the fact that week nine, you don't have players playing. So you might just have to take a loss if you have good players. Yeah, a lot of good wide receivers in there too. Yeah, they, those are just the running backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would it's just punt those weeks for me. I just honestly try to get your whole team on a week nine buy or a week fourteen buy, and then you'll, <laughs> you're good the rest of the season. Yeah, and then before we get into our next segment, we this is before it happens. So Jerry Judy, yeah. Um, oh right. Arrested. I mean, we got to kind of talk about that. Uh, Krigger Dow is going to take this one. You kind of know a little more than I do on this. I was going to say, you want to just do a full rundown on my team from, from now on? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah Judy. Um, Craig broke the news. Actually, Mango broke the news to me. Shout out Mango. He said, brutal, man. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because there's a lot of brutal things going on in my life right now. You got to be more specific. And he's like, oh, Jerry, Judy, because I turned my sleeper notifications off because I was getting annoyed by him. So um, I look it up. Craig texted us uh, that he's getting he was arrested. Uh, appears to be that he was charged with second degree criminal tampering with some sort of domestic aspect to it. Who knows what that means exactly? As of now, there's no formal uh, punishment being being spoken about on, on anything. Uh, Twitter, Reddit, what have you. So. I guess we're kind of treading water for now. If you're a Judy owner, I guess I'd be cautiously optimistic because it's not like a felony charge, but anything could change. So keep your, keep your head on a swivel. Yeah, no, do not trade Jerry Judy right now. It is a yeah, don't panic. terrible, terrible oh, decision to do that. The there is definitely someone that has panic sold Jerry Judy by now, but just know like he's technically on a no hold bond because the uh, mother of his kid is asking for a restraining order. So he has to have 24 hours in the jail cell at least. Well, I don't know if it's just 24, but the arraignment will happen and he'll, he'll get released once the restraining order is um, put out. But a bit, basically from what it boils down to, he didn't do much. There was no physical altercation. He looked at her the wrong way. They got in an argument and he'll be fine. And listen, this is the NFL. This is domestic stuff. He'll get two games. It's not like he smoked weed. <laughs> <laughs> smoke weed or took or, or took PEDs. Yeah, so. exactly. Or God forbid, he gambled on in a game. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, so that's the news um, so far from last week. So we'll get into the um, second segment is remaining free agents. I know there's a bigger list here, but we can kind of go through the bigger ones. I'll just name the wide receivers left so far. Jarvis Landry, OBJ, Will Fuller, Julio Jones, Cole Beasley is who I want to talk about first. So I think we're just waiting for when is Will Fuller going to sign with the Browns? I agree. I think that is the most logical um, spot for him to land based on his connection to Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson has not been shy about wanting him back. So I don't know why he hasn't signed yet, to be quite honest. Maybe it's a money thing. Maybe it's something else. But he just got a free $10 million from Miami last season for playing like four snaps. So it shouldn't be a money thing. He should be getting on the field for whatever they offer him. So 
I think that's the most likely situation. But I would know. say one of the most likely situations is Jarvis Landry to the Packers. We think Packers instead of Saints. Yeah, I mean, they already have kind of receivers that are similar to his style. I mean, Olave and Michael Thomas kind of fit similarly, and it doesn't seem like they are getting rid of Michael Thomas. Um, Yeah. Yeah, So I think I've heard Michael Thomas is staying in town. Yeah. I would say that a team that needs a player like him is, is the Packers. But. Yeah, he's really like a better version of what Randall Cobb like used to be. And yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers would benefit from him greatly. But everything I've heard is Landry to the Saints to play underneath while Olave stretches it and Michael Thomas catches slants. That's interesting but, to use Olave as a field stretcher. but I mean, I think after he ran that quick 40 time, everybody's like, oh, he's a field stretcher. All he did. He's he did like, never really played that way. He did a well job at, at – putting up his combine numbers, but realistically he was always just a route, not just, but he was the best, most polished route runner. And, you know, he has good intermediate route tree ability. So he has kind of the, the middle half of the field. If you, if you chunk it off 10 to 20 yards, like that's his bread and butter. I don't think he's really a a 50 yard guy, but yeah, no, I could also remember who was going to throw it to him at 50 yards. Jameis. Hmm. Well, I couldn't I couldn't agree more on Olave, and also he was a wicked low yards after catch guy. He was a catch the ball go down kind of guy, and I, I just like don't see the Saints using him downfield all that much. But I think Jarvis Landry to Green Bay makes way too much sense, so it probably won't happen because Green Bay. No, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's exactly why it didn't put him there in our Instagram thing. It's like, it, like on paper, it, it it's just obvious. Right. But it won't happen. Like they're gonna be like, I'm gonna go out and get. Uh, hey, Taylor Hilton, what are you doing? Do you want to <laughs> retire and yeah. play with us? Like that's I can, something that they'll do. I can see Rogers saying that. Give me Ty. Yeah. Right. Or like Julio. That. I could see Rogers advocating for Julio Jones. I can too, see that too. Just so, being in the league for so long together, and yep. or they they played on probably enough Pro Bowl teams because they never made Super Bowl. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's so Julio's true. my prime candidate on this list to retire, even above Ty Hilton. Um, I would not be shocked to see Julio hang him no, up just I, after that I don't last season. So. I don't. Know. I don't. I, I don't know what he has left in the tank. I mean, he's dealt with an injury. For as long as I can remember, every single year, and then this past year, he just couldn't get back on the field. I, I, okay, at some point, so, you're sick of rehabbing. So, so let's say Jarvis Landry goes to the Packers. What's the next team that Julio could go to? Colts. Same. I was. <laughs> oh, so I think Colts is a good one. I think that the Rams are a really good one too. Like if the Rams decide to move yeah. on from OBJ, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, Julio's get sat in Atlanta. Yeah for years and probably wanted well when he got to Tennessee he thought he had a shot right I would not be surprised him doing the same thing Odell did last year when he hit free agency in the middle of the season go all right I don't care one million dollars get me a ring Terry, you yeah. a good point too because like everyone's like, oh well it's not the Rams because they're all set they have a Robin cup but you got to think like they got OBJ when it was Woods and Cooper right cup. Yeah. and then Woods got hurt two days later and they've always had Woods Cup and Brandon Cooks. So they they've always catered three legit wide receivers on their team. Yeah, and yeah. Jefferson isn't quite that guy. Oh my god, you can give me and Derek a fucking hour and a half podcast on Van Jefferson, Tyler Johnson, how 
Yeah. <laughs> unreliable these young stud receivers are. They're so yeah. freaking unreliable. It's insane. Yeah. Van Jefferson is not the answer. I was going to say, yeah. you never want to count like Casey out from just going and making a, a veteran nope. play. Like You're get right. rid of like Josh Gordon and just sub in Julio Jones or something like that. It's a lateral move at that at this point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, like, there's, you can probably toss out 15 teams that don't need him, but could use him. Yeah, if he was like, able to not stay one healthy, team that you would them. want him. I just have a lot of concerns about his ability to do that, and I think a lot of teams would share that same concern. Like, we're not bringing this guy in to become part of our offense to play one game. Right. Yeah. Um, let's go to Cole Beasley. I think me and Dow's talked about this privately. Um, I put it on the, the IG, the Instagram. Cowboys. Go back. I, yeah, 100% reunion. Go back to your roots. Go back to... The Cowboys, I think they need receivers there. They don't have Gallup to start the season. They only and see above Lamb. a lot of stuff with his outspoken nature on the COVID vaccine, yada, yada, yada stuff, Texas is a good spot for him to be. He's not going to get the fan backlash that he gets at a lot of other places. Yeah, and they didn't really fully replace, I think, in my opinion. Um, who was the rookie? Amari Cooper. That's what I'm looking up right now with a – Rookie wide receiver is that they took. Of course, it's nothing quick I can get. I should know this. I know I should we'll, too. We'll be right back. It's a tough show of fantasy. <laughs> do you do? No, you yeah, do. but I, I mean, uh, they, they, they Tolbert. also lost. Yes, yeah, Jalen yeah, Tolbert. Yeah, Tolbert. Oh, my And they also lost. Back. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they also lost Cedric Wilson too. Cedric so like, Wilson. Yeah. They're going in into the season with CDM as the one. Um, Michael James Gallup. Washington, yeah, Mal Gallup. Gallup won't be ready week, week, week one, so you're going with James Washington. Oh, sorry, I misunderstood your point. Yes, Lamb sorry. and Tolbert. So that's where I think you know you can get a Cole Beasley into Dallas, get that nice slot guy, two four yard route, like where in you just let CD do what he does and just fucking go downfield or do whatever he, he wants to do, but. I think if Dallas doesn't get a, a receiver, I think they're in trouble. I re- I really do. I don't think they're going to be top of the division until they make an, one more move. Yeah, just, a team that wants to thought. throw the ball as much as they do and have for the past few seasons needs another piece to do that with. And when they don't have it, you see Zeke Elliott struggle and Tony Pollard struggle on the, on the rushing attack because teams are stacked in the box and it's not – the dominant offensive cowboy line that we've been used to for years either. So um, definitely need a wide receiver if you're going to compete in that division, because because as other teams have gotten stronger in that division, the Cowboys have stayed pretty level, if not gotten worse, Uh, like the giants and um, Eagles, I think they had a great draft and are going to pose a lot bigger problem this season and the commanders for that matter, if they can keep Terry McLaurin around. Yeah, fully agree. And then the last receiver, OBJ, I know we've Rams. we've said Rams too, but I mean he's not going to be cleared till November, probably. So he's, he's older too. I mean he could just straight up miss the season. Like yeah, well you know we were saying too. It's like when he comes back healthy, that's when it might be like all right. Um, the Packers are doing very well. San Fran's doing very well. I'll go sign with them. Like he might just be a, a, a chaser come week 10 week 11 when he's back or be like hey i'll just go back to the rams for a, 
a million bucks. Screw it. Right. That's kind of how I looked at it, the chasing aspect, but I just expect the Rams to be in that hunt again. So if he can have some consistency with a team and a quarterback in a scheme where he knows he fits, plus be in the hunt for another ring, then it, it, it's kind of a natural fit um, versus trying to go somewhere else and then gel with a whole new crew coming off of an injury. So um, I don't know. I think Rams prime candidate late November signing, something like that. Makes sense. Yeah, I don't really yeah. have a strong opinion on where he even goes anyway. I'm that being said, he's not, trust, Fox, not trustworthy. <laughs> All right. So uh, next person is Rob Gronkowski. I think this is quick and easy. It's Bucks yeah, or retire. Yeah. Right. Then yeah, the fact right. he hasn't come out and said he's retired yet is just makes me think he's going to the Bucks on September 1st. Yeah. Skip OTAs. Perfect. Um, RBs, Daryl Williams and Jurek McKinnon, Chiefs RBs last season. They're still unsigned. I know Daryl um, visited the Cardinals a few weeks back. Nothing happened there yet. I can still see him going to the Cardinals, to be honest. But, um, I mean, these two guys, you're not, you know, looking at where they're going for fantasy. Like, no. Like if I'm a Daryl owner, I'm like, oh, I want him to go here because it's gonna be so sick here. Like, like they're going to a place like you want them to go to a place if you're owner, like, all right, they're the number two mm. at at the best. Um, and I think Daryl could go to the Cardinals still. I think they still need that that void there. I know they've you know Benjamin they drafted. Um, I can't think of his name now, but um, I still think they need that that okay pass catcher back for Kyler. Um. Yeah, I think both these guys are good candidates for Arizona, honestly. I think Jarek McKinnon gives, yeah, you, right. gives you a good, different flavor than what James Conner really does. But James Conner caught the ball kind of well last year, which is a little surprising. Yeah, he definitely added that wrinkle to his game pretty late in his career. But um, yep. I think the Cardinals are a good fit for either team. Jarek McKinnon, I wouldn't be surprised to see back with the Chiefs either. Uh, just like a late, maybe even during camp signing or something like that, or maybe waiting yeah. for somebody to go down with an injury. Hasn't it hasn't happened yet. Like usually when you're on yeah. the team the year before, it's one of those like, all right, we'll just bring him back for cheap now because he's not yeah. going to go for 5 million bucks. He's going for 1.2 million, if that. So yeah. Um, McKinnon, then, sne- sneaky old guy. I'm pretty sure. Come on, he's, 29. He's 30. He's 30. He's 30. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He's 30. Wow. Sneaky. I mean, been around a while. I mean listen, yeah. his, his days he came out, he was sidestepping with Matt Asiata. Yeah. Yep. That's right. <laughs> You're right. Back. Wow. That's when it was an AP got angry at his kid. Um, and then the next <laughs> that's why they get a starting job. David Johnson. Retire. He's gotta retire. He doesn't yeah, have any done. juice left. Any team that signs him is stupid. As soon as he broke his wrist in Arizona, all right, has it's never cool. tried again. Yeah. Who knew that like your wrist was connected to your kneecaps? I just think slowest thing. Oh yeah, no. no. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's all mental with him. I think he he thought he was. I mean, he called it out that season. He goes, "I'm going to be the first thousand thousand back." Breaks his wrist, fucking first opening <laughs> drive. Yeah, and then the and season then after that, that, he's like, "I'm going, I'm going to do it now." I'm like, "Dude, I don't." You look, you look slow, man. <laughs> there was there was clear as day. We all know the play. Had that swing off to the left. Yep, and he just was so slow. We all were like, "This guy's oh, done. Man. He's done. Yeah. He's completely done." I'm like, "He has no speed left." <laughs> that he was, was like, funny. he was like 26. Yeah, he just he <laughs> looked so 
spent on that on that out route. That was so yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, Cliff comes quick for NFL running backs. Yeah, yeah it does. Oh, yeah. And then uh, three more guys I'll toss out here: wide receivers, uh, Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton, and Emmanuel Sanders. I think um, I'm sure we all think Antonio Brown could just be done forever because he won't get surgery until he's signed to a big contract, and no team's going to do that. Yep. But then there's T.Y. and Emmanuel Sanders, who are both free agent older receivers that may retire, but do we think they can get on a team? Emmanuel Sanders, last time we saw him play, you know, real snaps, was still effective in his role. So I would, I would see a team taking a chance on him, maybe after a couple injuries, something like that, and they need a veteran in. Ty Hilton hasn't really looked great for a while, um, and he's been dealing with, you know, the neck issue, the back issue, yada yada yada. To me, Manny Sanders is the better of the two, um, just physically speaking, right now. Uh, I don't know who takes a shot. I know we talked about the Packers and TY. The Packers could take Manny Sanders. They're, they're much the same receiver at this point in their career. Yeah. And Manny Sanders has already talked about that. He could possibly retire. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. T.Y. Hilton should. And then if Emmanuel Sanders gets maybe a three or $4 million contract, he plays. If not, I don't think he, there's no point for him to play for anything less than that. Yeah. Why well, go out there and risk your body for nothing when you've, I mean, he's had a fine career. He, he has right. nothing else to prove. I think if these guys do want to play, though, they'll end up on a roster. Just They'll just take whoever, though. It's a really hard to say where they'll end because it just really, at this point in your career, comes down to do you still want to play. Yep. Yeah, they could go be depth guys for, like, the Seahawks. And I'd be like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Great. You want to play with True Lock? That's your choice, not mine. <laughs> all right. Those are the uh, remaining free agents left. I mean, there's a few more, like Eric Ebron, all Jared Cooper. But- those who guys don't fucking matter. So first round, we're put this in there. All right. So uh, our last segment, we're going to do a rookie mock draft. The first one of the year. We'll do a few more. Um, I will share the screen with all you guys and uh, maybe put it on YouTube. I, I don't fucking know. How do I, I do would, this? I would have dressed. I was dressed for the occasion. No, no. Dad, you fucking fantastic. Oh, I blurred my screen. <laughs> Specifically, thought I thought we were going on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can you guys see it? Oh yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right, all right. So we're all in here. We're doing a um, two rounds, twelve team. Let's say it's one quarterback league dynasty. And um, all right, I'll start. I have first pick. Dows has second pick. Craig has third pick and Derek has fourth pick. And then we'll just alternate after that. So with pick one, I will take Brees Hall. I think that's a clear, the clear cut number one um, in every single draft so far. Unless you guys have seen anything different. One, one. No, I, I like that pick. And I think at two is where it gets a little bit more dicey. So. I appreciate you. Yeah, I mean, one, Brees, the, one. <laughs> the thing is, is it's it's just kind of pretty transparent. And Brees Hall is going to be an assistant, but they're going to run a lot. Rookie court, not rookie quarterback, but might as well still be a rookie quarterback. Um, they have uh, pretty much all the pieces that set up for success for an off a young offense to have Brees Hall lead it. Um, I don't think it's going to be led in the passing game. I like Michael Carter, but Brees Hall, I mean, when you really look at all the players that have come out in this draft and how fantasy football works, the running back goes like that's 
that's how I feel. I don't think that anyone has any drastically different opinion on Brees Hall. No, nope. I think like in redraft, just 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 wait on Hall. Week one's probably not going to be where he pops off. Generally takes a few weeks for some of these rookies. Like you look at a guys even like Jonathan Taylor didn't catch heat until later in the season in his rookie year. Just kind of the way it goes, but pretty Me. simple one one this year, I think. Yep. That was pick two. Yeah, moving on to pick two. Uh, I'm taking a guy. I'm just going to take him right now. And you guys can react how you will. Oh, yeah. Um, sleeper gave so, me a wow. <laughs> did, did, did Sleeper just make a sound? Like, what was that? Yeah, Jeez. I heard so, a big wow from yeah. Sleeper. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. I, it's I based scared. on ADP. Yeah. Wow. But, um, yeah, so Traylon Burks is my pick at, at two. Um, I love Garrett Wilson. I love a lot of other receivers in this draft. But I think what I'm looking for, if I have a high pick, in a rookie draft in a dynasty format is somebody that has a clear path to snaps in week or in, in year one. And he clearly does. I mean, they removed AJ Brown from the equation and added him to the team and he's tied to a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill, who I think superior to a lot of the other uh, quarterbacks, these high, high drafted, highly drafted wide receivers ended up with. So Traylon Burks, I think ends up contributing year one and has a lot of room for growth in year two. And he'll probably take reps with Malik Willis early and often. So when Malik Willis finally takes over in Tennessee, he's got uh, a good, a good familiarity with his top wide receiver. All right, sir. Craig Penny. All right. Well, I don't necessarily, this is all pick dependent. I mean, team dependent really, but I hate the jets. So I can't pick Garrett Wilson. I will pick Kenneth Walker because it's just fantasy football. And that's, that's what I'm going to do with the top three pick is I'm going to get a running back. Now, granted a lot of people, I don't think at this point you can hate the player or, or find weaknesses in his game. I mean, there's some people that's always five, nine. He's going to get, he's going to break down. Well, all running backs break down no matter what size they are. Really? I mean, yes, JT Brees Hall, those, bigger guys that have come out recently will have a little bit more of longevity, but not much more, maybe a year or two. So that really isn't that much of a bother for me. And I actually like the landing spot of Kenneth Walker a lot more than I think maybe some people have talked about. I don't think Rashad Penny's good. He had a four good four game performance on some of the weaker teams in the league last year. And that was it for his entire four year career up to this point. So what, what are we really talking about there? And then Chris Carson, there's, yes, there's the possibility Chris Carson comes in, he's healthy, and he's, you know, he's a starter. But, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say that his injury history and his neck issues is going to really derail everything. I mean, I mean, nothing's come up out of it, but I don't I don't think that Chris Carson's playing. I think he might be a cut candidate. I mean, they're, they were paying him a lot of money, and now I think he has, like, two years left or maybe one year left on his deal. So, um, Kenneth Walker has a real shot for one a responsibility, and it's not going to be a, a power back. He's not going to be a, a workhorse back, but he's going to have one a or one b responsibility, and that's going to get you two twenty to two hundred fifty, maybe two sixty carries in a Seattle offense that runs it like five hundred times a year. Um, they did bring in Cross, so. Cross is also a pretty decent run blocking offensive tackle. So they did get a little bit to add on to that God awful line. I know some people are nervous about that, but 
all in all, I think it's just knee-jerk reactions with Kenneth Walker and his landing spots and everything like that. And really, if you dive deep, Kenneth Walker is a fine pick. Yeah, I think Seattle is one of the best landing spots for a running back that you could ask for in the NFL. They're a team that loves to run the ball. Makes a lot of sense. All right, so I'm up. Now, I think with this pick, this I think this is the hardest. One of the harder picks is like figuring out which one of these wide receivers you want in the top of these drafts. And I think it is really dependent on your team, whether you want to take the guaranteed production that Drake London probably provides year one, or if you want to take the upside guys like Garrett Wilson or Jameson Williams. And to diversify a little bit, I'm going to take Jameson here. And I think like when you're picking this early in the draft, I think you want to go with guys, one, if, especially if you can still tank. Uh, Jameson Williams probably is not going to be a high-end wide receiver for year one. Uh, he's probably not going to – he's not going to force his way into your lineup week after week, maybe later in the season for sure. Uh, but you'll get plenty of tanking done in the in the early part of your dynasty uh, um, year. So that way you can get another nice, tasty pick next year. So I just think that early in the draft, Jameson Williams makes a lot of sense for – for kind of rehabbing that ACL, learning the playbook. We've seen uh, rookies that miss training camps come out and start really, really slow. And I think you got to expect that. Just hang on. This guy's a special speed and special talent. Can Detroit unlock him? Probably not, but we'll figure it out. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. You got to get rid of Jared Goff first. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. All right. I pick 105. And again, it's it's what Derek says, like which receiver t- – do you want and now I have two. I have Wilson or Drake London. Um, at this point, I'm going with the guy I think is better of the two. I'm going with um, Garrett Wilson here. I know he's wow, yeah, great pick. Um, I, I do think I, I I think he's great. It sucks he's on the Jets, but again, like one more year of Zach Wilson, maybe it helps. Uh, I know Elijah Moore is there, but again, like you. You're seeing it in the NFL. You can't just have one receiver. I know Corey Davis is there still. Hey, every team wants three good wide receivers too. So I think Garrett Wilson's going to have a fine career. I don't know how it's going to mesh well to start the season or even the first year, but I think he's a better player than Drake London. So that's why I picked Garrett Wilson there. Yeah, I yep. mean, I can't disagree with any of that points. If you hadn't taken him, he would have been my next pick. It's between the two people you named. So I'm taking with the representation of the sixth overall pick, uh, Drake London. And well, I'm trying to take him, but it's not allowing me to do so. So I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it for you. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, Drake London's my guy. I've loved Drake London just based on body type, his uh, his college career, and his combine was pretty solid as well. So the reason that I think he fell, and I think the reason that I wouldn't have taken him sooner, is because it's tied to Marcus Mariota for the time being. So that is naturally going to limit his production whether it's a lack of targets or because Marcus Merritt is taking off of the ball or just an inability to get him the ball in a position where he can catch it and make a play on it. I think he's probably up there with these top four guys as most talented, and it's really going to be a toss-up. Any four of them could end up being the best player in this draft and would not surprise me one bit. But until Marcus Merritt isn't under center anymore in Atlanta, I'm not going to have a ton of faith in him. A long-term pick. I don't think Marcus Merritt is the Atlanta quarterback of the future. So if we're looking from a dynasty perspective, I would love to steal him at pick six. I think that's a lot of value. I think Atlanta taking a bridge quarterback just shows that 
they really wanted to wait till next year to get a quarterback. And I think they're going to be very aggressive, but they're, I think they'll have a lot of competition because if you look at kind of around the NFL, there's some teams with multiple draft picks already in 23. I think teams have been targeting this one to kind of trade up for quarterback. So Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that Desmond Ritter is their long-term solution either. I think he's kind of just there to back up Mariota and learn a little bit and play in case of injury. Yeah. That or just, Take, taking a swing later in the draft, that quarterback has worked really well for a lot of teams. Like those mid-round picks, like burning at quarterback, maybe you get lucky. And if you do, I yeah. mean, Drake, Drake, all the better for Drake London, too. Ritter can wreck right. it. Yep. Uh, all right. And so this is a clear tier break spot where this is there's one more player left. It's Chris Olave. Um, there's, I think that finishes off tier two. I think tier one is Brees Hall. Tier two is the rest of the ones we were, we have. Um, I know if I was picking, I would probably have picked Olave over London, but outside of that, I think everything else is kind of falling the, the right, the right order. Um, I just have something against London for whatever reason it's just in my head I don't I don't know what it is I, mean, I think he's a psychopath but um Chris Olave the pick is definitely the, the seventh <laughs> definitely uh the seventh uh pick that top set that finishes that out that he's got a good spot where the Saints obviously loved him in the pre-draft process we heard they loved him they traded up very high to get him I think they went from think they traded 19 to 11 11. they kept their 16th pick um and he'll be able to fit uh right in with what their offensive scheme should be like um i say that you know they don't have sean payton anymore but i don't think that much is going to change that is pretty firm um they had an in-house signing as a defensive coordinator as well so everything i feel is going to still stick and i think olave just meshes really well with you know the the how well his routes are going to be ran um, he's going to make it easier for Jameis Winston, who sometimes is inept. Um, but, you know, I don't know what the future holds for the quarterback there, but Olave is definitely going to be fine. Yeah. And to your point about the tier break, Craig, like Brees Hall, I think is unanimous 101. And then the next six guys we all took, if you took them in any order, I don't think anybody could argue with you. Yep. I would completely agree. agree. That's why I would. I had picked six and three of my dynasty leagues so far. Uh, cool. I'll just pick the guy that falls to me. Like, yeah, right. Like, yeah. If at, if at two, I had taken London or Olave and then Traylon Burks is hanging out there, you're like, oh, cool. I'll take him. Like, cool. Right. No big yeah. deal. That right. doesn't shake up everything. It's right. these yeah. six guys off the board in some order. I am not, ups- I would not be upset at all to be seven either. Like, even yeah. though that's the yeah. last yeah. one, all Still, of yeah. them I'm looking at, I'm happy with. I'm happy with Williams if he was to fall. I think he might be one that does fall because of that injury situation. But yep. all right, so Derek, talk about the tear break. You're the f- next pickup a- after the tear break. First Where of the tear break, yeah. So with with the way that this draft is kind of set up, I think that the best pick here. Well, it's really team dependent, obviously, but I think the best pick here is like the last true running back that I really want out of this class. And that's James Cook. And I know it's probably a little early to take him over like guys like Jahan Dotson that went 16th overall or Pickens that went to Pittsburgh or Christian Watson that wins in Green Bay with a tasty, tasty location. But I think what James Cook does in the football field immediately makes him better than any running back they have. I know Singletary finished the season well, 
But like when I see James Cook play football, I just think he's a better football player than him. And I think uh, Buffalo could, if, if Brees Hall went to Buffalo, he's probably going the first round of redraft leagues, right? So I think like there is a lot of opportunity for this, for, for James Cook to be really, really good in, in year one, too. And I, I just really think that the, the tier break off here from like the tier one to tier two players gets even more drastic at running back. And that's why I think you reach on a guy like Cook. I cannot agree more at all. Um, yeah, because like year one, he could be arguably at, at worst a flexible age week. Right. And I think like some of the early things that you're hearing is that they want him in the Alvin Kamara type role too. So like PPR monster, and that's what I'm really targeting him for. I mean, he's not going to, he's not going to come and slash you for 180 on the ground, but he's going to pick up catches and get you fantasy points. Yep. All right. So I'm next. And like what Darius has said, it's it's all team dependent, but I think we're going based off of who we think is the best in the draft at each spot. So uh, Cook would have been my 109. Thanks, Derek. Yeah, so, but um, I'm going with. I'm going to slide down here. I'm going to go with Sky Moore as my next pick. Oh, I just ooh. think that I I I like Pickens a lot. I love his where he landed, but Pickens is also a piece of shit. So <laughs> this is what this is why he fell. So this, the, the second round. I don't want another Daryl Green Beckham on my roster again, like a like a heavily wow, what a throwback years guy. ago. This same thing, all the skills in the world, but if you can't be mentally right, then you, you just can't. I want a guy linked to Patrick Mahomes, and I think he could easily be the best re- receiver there walking in day one. I know you, you guys like Juju, but I don't think Juju's the answer. I think MVS is, is the guy there now, but I think Sky Moore can be the, the number one there day one. And everyone else kind of fuck off. So <laughs> I'm not saying Sky Moore is taking the Tyreek Hill role by any means, but he should easily be the best receiver in Kansas City starting week one. Yeah. I don't think that there is a Tyreek role anymore in that offense. I think they're going to really, I think we're going to. Oh, it's going to complete, completely different offense. Yeah. I think they're going to, they're going to want Patrick Holmes to be more efficient, less big plays, keep the ball on their side of the, on possession of the ball more and and try to keep play football that way. So I think Sky Moore's a good pick. Yeah, I mean Kelsey even said in an interview at some point midseason they're like they're figuring us out. Like there's not much else that they were they could do. Like they they had been figured out. Uh and it was one of the most dynamic offenses we've seen in 10 years. Um, so yeah. they did. They had to split it up and Sky Moore's a totally different receiver, but going to be the one. Like it's not a question how quickly he was becoming a household name before pre-draft. And yeah, so I'm I'm up. Is that right? No, Dows is up shit. Dows up, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, take you perfect for you. <laughs> um <laughs> sorry, I am uh, gonna use my what is this, twelfth overall pick on Jahan Dodson. Oh, it's ten. Sorry, ten. Either way, it's Jahan Dodson, doesn't matter. Um I love the guy. And again, I want to keep reiterating this is dynasty. So if Terry McLaurin stays with Washington, then Jahan Dotson is the number two behind Terry. And that's, there's no questions asked there. If Terry McLaurin leaves because he's in a contract dispute, 
then Jahan Dotson immediately becomes the number one because Deami Brown was a failed experiment after last year. Uh, Carson Curtis Wentz, Samuel. Yeah, Curtis well. Samuel was mm-hmm. on the field for like all five minutes. And Carson Wentz needs people to throw the ball to. So John Dotson, I mean, people are saying during the draft, like you listen to Kuiper and McShay or anybody else that you can listen to. They're like, this kid is talented. He goes and gets the ball. He battles. He's an athletic freak. Like he could end up again. And I keep saying this being one of the best players in this draft. So I would love to add him for a longevity pick, but I also think year one, he comes in and contributes regardless of who else is on the field around him. You saw Antonio Gibson wore down last year after a a pretty heavy workload. So I think they'll try to lighten the load on him. They did draft a running back as well to help out there, but Carson Wentz is also in kind of like a proving that he belongs to be a quarterback in the NFL year. And if he can't involve multiple wide receivers, they're going to move on from him too. So there's a lot of incentive in this entire offense to get going. And I think Jahan Dodson has a massive opportunity to, uh, to capitalize. And I think he will. I think there's Penn state becoming one of those schools that's churning out wide receivers too. Right. Cause like Alan, Alan Robinson, um, Godwin, right. Godwin. Yep. Like, so I, I like the pedigree from Penn state too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. I didn't really think of that. Yeah. They also brought out, um, the guy from Denver, uh, KJ Hamler. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then even before him, there was another guy from Denver that was, I can't remember his name really, but he's lost now. Deshaun Deshaun Hamilton. Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Those, yeah, KJ Hamler, Deshaun Hamilton, and Jahan Dotson are so similar. (laughs) They are. (laughs) Okay. Well, I don't like those comps. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I'll tell you though, I don't think KJ Hamler's got enough credit. He's got time. He also got hurt the first year. So, that's true. I really don't like this pick. Um, I'll tell you why. Because if I'm team 11, say I am the team that just finished second in the in the Dynasty League, right? My, I have a good team. Okay. I don't want a project player like George Pickens. I don't want a project player like Christian Watson because that's exactly what he is. He's an extremely talented raw wide receiver. That's going to have Aaron Rodgers breathing down his neck. I don't know what I'm really going to get out of him. Talent wise and upside wise. I would absolutely pick Watson here. Number one or Pickens, but I don't really know if they're going to help me this upcoming season, if I'm going to make another run for it as the second or the runner up in my dynasty league. So if you, if I have Austin Eckler, I'm picking Isaiah Spiller. If I have Leonard Fournette, I'm picking Rashard white. Um, can you scroll down for me on these players to see if there's anything that I'm missing? Um, I think you are. You I are think I am. <laughs> uh, Damian Pierce. Yes. Thank you. That's, that's, that's actually what I would do. So in this situation, where I don't know if I want a project player or if I don't have one of those other players um, like Austin Eckler or uh, Leonard Fournette, I'm going to go with the guy that's going to probably give me a little bit of production right away. And that's going to be Damian Pierce because really realistically that whole backfield is wide open and no one can tell me otherwise. No, you know, Marlon Mack's a great player, but that doesn't mean he has the job. He's going to be a great handcuff for Marlon Mack. Um, (laughs) So, so, and and here's the other thing, Damian Pierce was drafted. I believe it was the fifth round or something like that. So like, it wasn't really that high draft capital, like, but he's going to have a one B role at least or, or, or a backup role at least in a system that doesn't really have a strong one running back. 
Um, the only, I guess the other one I could have thought of was Tyler Algier, but they have Cordell Patterson, so that's he's yeah. even further down the line. That's a part. that's a reach there at one eleven. Yeah. For- so so the, it's a tricky area to be in, but I'm gonna go with someone who could fill in um, and help my team right away if I'm gonna make another run for it. That's fair. All right, Derek. So I think it's really tough because. Like everything Craig said, like at the end of this draft, you're looking for players that can probably give you value this year. And I think if you look at the last two players that probably should be taken here are Watson and Pickens. But Watson's yeah. the one with the clear path to the field. Like you're picking 112. You probably just won your championship, right? And you go and you just take Christian Watson and understanding that Green Bay's never had luck with rookie wide receivers. But there is no one there. Alan Lazard is the number one wide receiver on the depth chart right now. I think he finished with under 600 yards last year. Like, um, probably, yeah. Lizard King, baby. And, like, <laughs> I just don't know who else is going to catch the ball in Green Bay. So I think you take Christian Watson here and you just hope that he gives you year one value. I think the long term, like, if you're, if you, if you're set at wide receiver, though, and you don't need the, the, the fancy points this year you take Pickens and you go with the talent and you go with the landing spot in Pittsburgh and Pickens will probably be the next pick anyways, because I think it's a pretty clear drop off in talent with having Damian Pierce go, go at 11. Cause I think Damian Pierce is right inside that, that top, that second tier of, of dynasty players for this draft too. Yeah. All right. So we're on the second round. We'll do it a little fast now. I think we're, um, almost an hour into the podcast so second round would kind of just make it quicker but um but Derek said Pickens is the next pick again like if I'm the rich two in the league I have 201 Pickens is a phenomenal pick to put to have because I'm a bad team and I want the talent to see if it pans out if not whatever but Pickens is the my 201 yep at uh two Oh, two. I'm torn between two guys. I'm just going to take my pick, though. I'm taking Isaiah Spiller. At this point, I know I called Austin Eckler a bust last year. I don't think he's a bust, but he has dealt with injuries in the past, and Isaiah Spiller theoretically slots in as the two the second he shows up to camp. So if that's the case, he has a shot at legitimate snaps, and he can catch the ball, he can run the ball. He's a talented running back, and at 202, you're not risking much on him. All right. Um, scroll down for me a little bit. I don't want to miss anything that Sleeper has bad grades on. Um, no, go back up. Um, we're going to go with <laughs> Rashad White. And reason being is because I do think that he's going to have a role as a pass catcher for the Bucs. Um, Leonard Fournette did a fine job at it recently in the last couple of seasons, but they also liked to have multiple of them. I think Gio is still the only one there that actually can do it, but he's a shot. Keyshawn Vaughn. Come on, guys. Um, yeah, sorry. Keyshawn <laughs> Someday, Scott. Someday. He's going to get cut. Uh, but Rashard White was uh, the best pass catching back in college football last year. I think he had 50 plus receptions. Um, decent running back as well. I mean, he's going to fit right into what Tom Brady wants. Uh, so I. I and his last name's White, so Brady likes throwing one <laughs> of those guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, like James? James White. over this right now. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm up with, with two, uh, 2.4, and I'm going to take Zamir White here. And I think the the reason why he takes Zamir White 
obviously with the Raiders not picking up the fifth year option on Josh Jacobs, again, running back is about to fall off a cliff and just a few picks here. Um, and I think like you can do better in the third round at wide receiver than you get at running back. So get those running backs early in the second round. These guys are all up shot plays. You know, it's an absolute crapshoot at this point. Take the guys that maybe have a clear path to the field. And I think Samir White's one of those guys. He also played in SEC. Always good pedigree. He has great pedigree. I think he was actually a five-star recruit too. So um, got to like that. Yep. Love it. Uh, 105 here. I I mean, there's no quarterback that's picked yet. So I will not pick one right now. I'm going to go Trey McBride. Um, oh. I know, tight end, but best tight end in the draft up by far. Weird landing spot for Arizona. I know they just extended Zach Ertz, but that's not all guaranteed. Ertz is older, he, you know, on the back end. McBride can fill right in that role. Hopkins is suspended for six weeks. McBride can have a decent role for the first six weeks of the season. If he proves that he can surpass Ertz at some point, too, so... Shut in the dark, but at 205, I think it's worth a pick. All right. Um, that throws me off because I thought you were going to make my decision a little bit easier. I'm going to take at 206, uh, Tyler Algier. I just like the spot. I think Cordell Patterson probably limits his year one upside significantly, but Cordell Patterson is not really a running back. So if you can get something out of Algier or even just show flashes in year one, his year two should explode and that Atlanta team is going to gradually get better. So they've got some pieces. They'll return Calvin Ridley the following season. All of that tends to help a rookie running back, or I guess by then he'll be a second year running back. And I like him a little bit more in that landing spot than who I would have considered alternate alternately. uh, Brian Robinson would be the other guy, but I just think his spots a little dicier with Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick, both limiting him as opposed to just one guy in Atlanta. Yep. Right. So I was just searching around, and this this looks pretty pretty hard now. Now that Algier is gone, <laughs> um, I don't know. Robinson could very well be a, a good pick here, but I think the person that should go here is Malik Willis. Uh, he won't play for you this year, but he will most likely play, you know, or start the following year. I, I, they got him in the third round, so they don't have to. The Titans don't have to do this, but. Ryan Tannehill has one year left on his contract. Um, if it were to work out that Malik Willis is starting quarterback for the Titans next year, he's got fantastic weapons, everything built around him, and he will succeed with his natural talent of being able to bomb it and run it. So fantasy-wise, he's fantastic. The actual upside of having Malik Willis on your dynasty team, getting him mid-second round with the you know all that potential, I feel is is worth a mid second round pick. Totally fair. Yep. So that puts me up at two eight. Um, I think here, I think there's some wide receivers that are interesting, like Alec Pierce and John Mechie and Jalen Tolbert and uh, Bell. Is it? Yeah, David Bell. Um, but I'm gonna go Jalen Tolbert here. Uh, I think we talked a little bit earlier um, in the pod just that that there's there's availability for pass catching in Dallas and Jalen Tolbert is like all these guys, again, kind of a crapshoot. Like who knows who's, who's, who's really going to shake out at this point, but he seems like a good enough athlete, decent enough uh, pass catcher to do something in Dallas. And like, if you look at the track record of Dallas drafting, it's pretty good. 
right? So you love guys that go to pretty solid organizations and Dallas Cowboys can't win Super Bowls, but they seem to draft Pro Bowl players pretty regularly. Yep, good pick. Um, my next pick, I'm going um, – should probably go David Bell, but I'm, I'm scared that Cleveland's going to sign Will Fuller or someone at some point. So I'm just going with um, John Mechie. Oh, you son of a bitch. Um, there's only Nico Collins there to find for targets. I know Brandon Cooks is the one there. But Mechie, hopefully the surgery went well. He's going to be back by training camp. He was a guy that was – Pied up like crazy before he got hurt. Sandwin, Jameson Williams, then he got hurt. So he fell in the draft and all that shit. But talented guy out of Alabama. So worth a shot. All right. Um, I'm going to take Tyquan Thornton. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, Tricky. my God. I was uh, um, I'm actually going to take Brian Robinson, the guy I was going to take with my previous pick if I didn't take Algier. So, um, Point being, he's got Antonio Gibson ahead of him on a team that runs the ball a lot. There should be opportunity for him still, even as like a 1B. But then you got to think about McKissick limiting his uh, pass-catching ability, which isn't really something he does a ton of anyways from from what I've seen in college. I could be wrong on that, but um, I just don't think he's going to come in and usurp J.D. McKissick day one. But at 210, there's really, really not a lot of downside to your pick. So. I'd go ahead and take a flyer on him. If Antonio Gibson deals with an injury or those shin splints again this season, then he'll see a much increased role because Washington's not going to play around with, uh, you know, the the leg issue if they have a better option available. Yep. Good day. All right. 11, I don't trust Cleveland Browns with David Bell. So I'm going to go Alec Pierce um, from Indiana. Um, I mean, for Indy. Um He's a uh, 6'3", 211-pound wide receiver that ran a 4'4". Jumped to the highest at 40. So he's very athletic, very big, raw, right? He's He is another project player. However, he's going to see the field. He's the number two wide receiver right now for the Indianapolis Colts. So he's going to, A, see the field, and B, have all that athleticism. So it may be a rough go of it. I mean, he did have a case of the drops. Um, it might be a rough go of it, but he, he will, if he figures it out, he's obviously going to have a lot of upside. Not worried about Paris Campbell. No, that guy hasn't seen the field ever. <laughs> or is that okay. Pesco? No, no. He's, in, he, no, he's, he's in Philly now. You're right. No, you're right. dude, Ashton, you're fine. Ashton Doolin. Doolin. <laughs> yeah, that's who I'm afraid of. And this late, this late in the second round, you you're right? good. I think you also have to love like he it was he was selected 53 overall. Yes. That's a second round grade at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at wide receiver succession, first and second round, well, first round obviously has a very high success rate, but second round has a pretty good one too. So you gotta love that. He's got the great size too. Um anything else on on Alec? Last pick to you. Um, okay, so since this is a one quarterback dynasty, I think there's huge value in having quarterbacks on your taxi squad that you don't have to carry multiple, you know, quarterbacks uh, on your actual active roster. You can fill them with undrafted free agents. So I'm going to go ahead and take Kenny Pickett here. Um, small hands, smells like cabbage, Smell obviously. Like cabbage. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, Pittsburgh, again, another just institution in drafting players. You got to love the landing spot. Um, Tom won in the security there in Pittsburgh. 
think we've seen quarterbacks just flame out in the NFL so regularly from having uh, just a change of guard and uh, and head coach and offensive coordinator. And we see that happen all the time to these guys in the NFL. So landing in a solid spot where, you know, like they've had what three head coaches in the last like 30 something years or something insane like that. Like you got in our whole lifetimes. I can name two, right. Him and coward, him and coward. Right. Exactly. So like you just got to love that stability to let a kid grow. And and with Kenny Pickett. Fabulous wide receiver room for years to come. Right. And somebody immediately to throw to whenever he decides to get under center, probably like week six. (laughs) And all he's got to do is beat Mitch. Yeah. Yeah, Mitch. Mitch has a track record of getting beaten and and (laughs) So It does. Yeah, so this is our mock draft. Again, like two QBs got taken, but during a draft, it it depends what your team needs. But this is kind of us going, you know, best player at this at the best spot. So it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. I would say yeah. more more running backs than I thought would kind of get taken. But yeah. the more you get, the more you get into these dynasty drafts, it's just like you have to take the running backs a little bit earlier than you think because it just feels like they got much better landing spots than a lot of the wide receivers do. Yeah, and I think you made the point, Derek, during the draft. Like, I think there's a little bit more depth to the wide receiver position than there is at running back. So if you can grab one of like the top six, seven running backs, there's a humongous drop off after any of them versus probably having a legitimate like ten to fifteen wide receivers in this draft. Right. Look at Alec Pierce. Take two eleven. He should yeah. be. Number two in the roster. Right. Exactly. Day one. So, yeah. Mechie, number two on the roster. Yep. Tolbert, Tolbert the number two. three. While he's three, he's might as well be two in Dallas. Two. Yeah. <laughs> the Pats yeah, didn't mean, make it on the board today, guys. No. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe tomorrow. But, uh, I'll take Cole Strange. Yeah, I'll take Cole yeah. Strange over anyone else. They kept trading back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, that does it. Craig, I'll have you take us out. All right, all right, we can do that. Thank you, Derek, for joining us today. That was that was lovely. Great, great insight on uh, on this rookie dynasty draft stuff. I know you've done more uh, than we have for sure. Um, so with that, Scott Dows, myself, uh, we are Top Shelf Fantasy. Go uh, see us uh, on the onlines at topshelffantasy.com or the socials at Top Shelf FNTSY. Stay fluid, stay loose. Top Shelf Fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose.